Welcome to First and 30. I'm Nick. And I'm Antonino. We're two 30-something-year-old guys who take the best ultimate reality television show in this hemisphere, American football, through four uncensored downs of mostly unbiased opinion and some analysis. In a game broken down into 10-yard segments, we take it with you one step at a time. That's First and 30. Let's Let's go go for it. it. Hello and welcome to the First and 30 podcast, episode 14. It not only is it the end of the season for the NFL, but it is the end of our first inaugural season, Antonino. This is it. We've rounded home plate. We've gone one full season under our belt 14 weeks later. Who would have guessed it? What's the vibe on your end, man, now that we're here? Man, I'm pretty proud of us. I'm proud of us. Look at us. Who would have thought? I know. I I honestly didn't think we would be into this 14 weeks later and having the large following that we have of, oh my gosh, thousands of listeners that keep growing every month. Yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunate that we couldn't be talking about one of our favorite teams this week, but albeit all the same impressive. I know, I know. Well, you know what, man? I do want to dedicate some time at the end of this episode to kind of reflect briefly on our first inaugural season, but we also had a big contest that we've been blasting all over social media over the past two weeks, and we do have a winner to announce, and they've been gracious enough to let us say their name and give them a big shout-out here at the end. They've been a huge supporter for us, and we're really, really grateful for them uh sharing the content, giving us a lot of feedback and just supporting the channel and helping us grow a little bit here. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, man. Well, without further ado, I think there was a, a pretty big football game that took place this past weekend. So I was thinking with first down, I hopes. I hope, I hope it's home from work we go. We dedicate some time to inaugurate the Kansas City Chiefs as officially starting a dynasty. Not exactly a fan of this one, but we're going to ride with it, okay? You're not a... Why aren't you a fan? I don't think a lot of people were fans of this, but why aren't you in particular a fan of the Chiefs dynasty? I'm crying on the inside, you know, for personal reasons, being that they came out of the AFC. But, you know, you have to give credit where credit's due. You know, they got three in five years. That's pretty impressive. Who would have thought it too, man? There was so much tabloids, so much going on at the beginning of this, or in the middle of this season. The Chiefs just did not look like the Chiefs. But leading the league and drop passes, the offense looking like it was spinning on wheels, but the defense keeping them in games. I was kind of excited because I thought they were going to be a one-and-done in the playoffs, but who are we to doubt Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and all these guys? They found a way. Yeah, that's it. Andy, get up, get your hands off my nuggies. Reid does it yet again. All this guy does is win. Like, with the Philadelphia Eagles, he was knocking on the doorstep every freaking year, and they booed him out of town. Typical Philadelphia, you know, they got him out of town. But look at all the success he's having now. Um Props to him. You got to have a legendary coach to have a dynasty. And I think that this proves that, you know, Bill Belichick, but Andy Reid should be right up there on the Mount Rushmore of coaches. 
Well, everybody's going to have all these comparisons now between Reed, Patrick Mahomes, who we'll talk about a little bit later, but where this dynasty too stacks up with other dynasties, because now we officially have a new reigning dynasty. I, I kind of want to know, Antonino, which dynasty do you think is the best? If if you were to pick one and have them stack up against each other, which one would you pick? If I had to choose just one, if we're here in the game of choosing dynasties, I'm going with the New England Patriots 10 times out of 10. They just won every year. Like that division. I feel bad for the Dolphins and the Bills. Um, just every year, you had no hope coming out of there. So well, they, had a, I, they had a weak division too, but come on. Yeah, yeah. Patriots were great. The, the Tom Brady, what he did for New England, Belichick, we'll never see that again. Even though Patrick Mahomes is only 28, I believe, and he has a chance to maybe accumulate more uh, trophies, more Super Bowl trophies than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady will always be my GOAT. No, I'm surprised you didn't go with Joe Burrow as your GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me in five to ten years, and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll on, see on, on episode two hundred, <laughs> or no, maybe even like two thousand at that point. But there, yeah. yeah, hopefully for him, <laughs> I I think I, I I'd pick Dallas just because Ooh. I'm 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 biased though. That's the only reason. I mean, those stars were bright though. Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, uh, Irving. I mean, you had it all down there, Big D. <laughs> It was lightning in a bottle, though, man. It only lasted for a couple seasons, and then after that, what, like two years later, they only won six games, and then went on, I think it was like a ten-year playoff drought where they just didn't even make the playoffs. So, either way, I'm still, I'm still living in the '90s, wishing that those Cowboys of yesteryears would come back, but they're, they're still not. Hey, there's no shame in that, and it's right around the corner. You just never know. Next year is always the year, right? As fans, it's always next year. How many more Super Bowls will Patrick Mahomes win? Like, how how far do they take this dynasty? That's my question for you. And I hate to say it, but they're, <laughs> who's going to compete with them right now? Like, here here's this Chiefs team, which can we say this was probably their least talented offense and all of Patrick Mahomes' is what six seasons in the league right like you didn't really have weapons yeah and, hands down yeah and they still win a super bowl i mean kelsey's probably only got a few years left in the tank but if the defense is playing the way it's been playing they've i don't know it, it just never seemed in doubt with him like whenever he gets the ball you just you feel confident that he's going to execute and make it happen yeah, watching the end of that game, and we'll touch on this in fourth down, you just always felt Patrick Mahomes was going to do something. There was always going to be a play to get them back in it, even when they were down 10-zip and 10-3. to But uh, like I was saying before, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Andy Reid because Christmas Day, it wasn't that long ago, Christmas Day, they lose to the Oakland Raiders at home in terrible fashion. Like, they didn't even that have a passing bad. yard. In the second half, they didn't have a single passing yard. And... The Raiders still found a way to beat them in Kansas City. So point being, it's not how you start the season. It's not how you uh, are midway through the season. It's how you finish. And with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they always finish on top. It's true. Before we wrap up this down, though, Antonino, I do want to just take us back a week. I I remember at the end of our episode last week, I had you give your prediction. We both gave our predictions. And you were leading us on the entire episode, right? You kept 
You're given all these weird conspiracies and everything that were leading us on to believe that you were going to pick the Chiefs. I, if you recall, did pick the Chiefs. 31 to 28 was my prediction. The final score of this game was 25-22, so I was very close. But you went ahead and said, not only were the 49ers going to win, but they were going to blow out the Chiefs. How How is that sitting now, revisionist history? You know, I should have went with the data, with my conspiracy uh, data points and analytics, because obviously the Crescent Moon worked for Mahomes. Uh, the logo, it was yeah. the right colors all along. It was Taylor Swift's album cover from Speak Now. It was purple, oh my purple, purple and red, <laughs> Taylor Swift and the 49ers. I oh, should have went with the conspiracy analytics, but I didn't. So, But we're going to touch on this on third down, so I'm not done with you here. Okay, okay. Well, let's not delay this any further. Second down now, they are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. I guess you could say the Super Bowl is what we thought it would be, right? It was a spectacle, a grand spectacle with all the glitz, the glamour, the money, the bets. Just you go through. What what was standing out to you? I kind of wanted to just talk through the Super Bowl as a whole, like the entire experience from the first songs, the national anthem, halftime show, some of the crazy commercials that you saw, I want to want to hear from you. What was your favorite commercial too? Because everybody has a favorite commercial during the Super Bowl, right? So let let's hear it. You you kick us off, man. Yeah, there was every celebrity known to man. You're not a celebrity if you're not at this event. Literally, if you're an A-list celebrity, you are in attendance, and we saw that. Whether it was actors, singers, rappers, you name it, you're there. And I thought it was fun to see the halftime show with. All the people or all the singers we listened to in high school or college, Usher, Ludacris, Alicia Keys, Jermaine Dupri. I'm just sitting here like, man, are, are we in like a, a time warp here where you're seeing all all the singers and actors from time past coming back? There was a commercial with uh, the friends, the actors from Friends. Yeah. Um, there was a Paramount Plus commercial with the Creed song. They listened to our podcast. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Everybody. So before we even started recording this. <laughs> Just for context, wait, I, I don't mean to go on a tangent here, but I think people should know why we picked Creed. For all, all of our listeners, before every episode, Antonino and I have a pump-up jam that just gets us going. And for whatever reason, weeks and weeks ago, when we were starting the podcast, we selected Creed higher to be our pump-up jam. So every week before every episode, Antonino and I listen to higher, we get pumped up, we get ready to go, and we decided, you know what? Let's inject this into the podcast. Yeah, I heard that pop up in the, the commercials. Like, dude, did you hear that? They're listening to the podcast. They must be. Nobody listens to Creed. <laughs> Clearly, they heard our podcast, and it's an honor, and thank you. And if you were listening to this podcast, we're going to have more goodies to come. So, you wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, I there was – I want to know, though, what was your favorite commercial? I had one that stood out to me. But everybody has a favorite commercial, right? Uh, my favorite commercial, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He kept saying, uh, "The State Farm, uh, the Good Neighbor." Good neighbor. neighbor, and he couldn't stop. He couldn't pronounce it right. I thought that was funny. <laughs> good neighbor. That was a good one. I I kind of liked the one with uh, I think it was a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Oh yeah, J Lo, yeah. Tom Brady, <laughs> Ben yeah, like Matt Damon, J Lo. And- Basically, it was like, Tom, you can stay. But she dismisses Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. 
Right. And if I, if I'm not mistaken, I think she dated Ben Affleck and uh, right? Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were married. They're not married. So, they, they dated, right? Oh man. I'm not into my celebrity gossip as much as I'm yeah, my conspiracy this... theory. So I'm not too sure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't watch entertainment tonight or read the tabloids either. I think you're right though. I think they dated at one point. Let us know. Listeners, let us know if you if you know what's going on with Matt Damon or, or Ben Affleck and J-Lo. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But going back to the Super Bowl being a spectacle, yeah. my favorite part, I'm going to go, my favorite part about the Super Bowl, it goes off of what you said last week, the four Fs. And I'm going to screw this up, I know, but family, football, friends, and food. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it. You, I got you stumbled it. a little, but you got it. So that was my favorite part. I watched this football game with my family and my niece and nephews, and I watched the Nickelodeon presentation of this game. What? Yep. That, was a, that was a thing. So while everyone was suffering, I mean, listening to Tony Romo during the whole oh. game, <laughs> I was listening to a separate presentation with SpongeBob and Patrick. And I listened to it with my uh, teenage niece, uh, Sophia, and Luca, who's... Uh, younger than 10 years old so spongebob you know I, i'm still a fan of spongebob so it doesn't matter what age but uh, i just loved it it made the game fun uh no hard feelings who won or lost because i was just enjoying all the sliming that was being done the crabby patties uh. falling from the sky so <laughs> definitely that was a spectacle for me i think that was my favorite part that wasn't distracting at all like having like green slime just going all over the players that's a little weird I loved it. They like slimed the crowd. There was like uh, the characters on the field. You had Dora the Explorer giving instructions for penalties. No um, way. Yeah. And SpongeBob and Patrick gave the live broadcast with uh, a couple <laughs> other players. I can't remember the receiver's name. Nate Burleson. Uh, Doesn't he Nate, do those? Yeah. Nate Burleson. Yeah. And then the son of that other famous broadcaster. Man, I'm bad with names right now. He does a lot of basketball and it's his son. He has such a good voice for radio. But oh, okay. Kind of like you. So, so, oh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. That's like comment right there. Yes. Uh, so what you're saying is you would prefer the Nickelodeon broadcast with SpongeBob and Patrick over Tony Romo and Highly Al Michaels. recommend 10 out of 10 and would do it again. Now, if the Bengals were playing, I would think about it. But any other team, it's therapeutic to listen to SpongeBob and Patrick. Well, I, I'm curious from the listeners to give us your feedback. What were your favorite elements of the Super Bowl? Was it the halftime show with Usher or was it the commercials? Was it the Nickelodeon broadcast? Give us your opinions. If you don't see it, we do these polls all the time during these these episodes. So you can go on to Spotify. There's a poll there. So kind of looking forward to hearing some feedback from people. Yeah. And one last thing before we move to third down, I did see the cowboys there actually no mm. wait that was post malone he was wearing a cowboy <laughs> jacket i knew i saw the cowboys in the super bowl All just right, post malone man. wearing the jacket okay my bad thought i saw the cowboys hey at least we saw one of our teams i didn't see a lick of bangles anywhere ouch yeah well antonino on that note third and long what were you thinking and i think with the loser of the Super Bowl, we reserve special place for them. Specifically, though, with these 49ers, we're going to put a lot of the onus on Kyle Shanahan. And there was a lot of reports surfacing after this game that some of the 49er players weren't educated or prepped on the overtime rules for the playoffs and were kind of taken aback by some of the differences and nuances. What, what, 
What were you thinking, Shanahan? What What were you thinking, Anson? You know, when you read these reports and heard about this, he needs to officially change his name to Kyle Shamahan because that is unforgivable. Creative. <laughs> I'm stunned. How do you not teach your team the overtime rules in the playoffs? It just wasn't for the Super Bowl. It was for the entire entirety right. of the playoffs. Yeah. And, and they interviewed players after the game, and the Kansas City players were well aware. They're like, oh, yeah, we they had two, two, two meetings uh, every week. Uh, so they were prepped. They were well aware. So the fact that the coach is holding the players back, we've seen this time and time again, uh, Dan Campbell, for instance. But the worst part about all of this is that Kyle Shamahan, again, He, if you want to blow a lead, this is your guy, ladies and gentlemen. It's him. He's done this before. He's done it in the Super Bowl. He's done it in the playoffs four straight times when the Patriots came back from being down 28-3 to against the Falcons. Oh, yeah. Who was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons? Kyle Shamahan. Shamahan. Yeah. Shamahan. And he did that, it again. That's unfortunate. I feel bad for the guy because, yes, he had a 10-point lead in this one, right? He had a 10-point lead in the other Super Bowl and then a 25-point lead as the offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl before that. Just can't seem to close these games out. The opportunities are right there. That must be so frustrating, too, to be that close, especially the fan base. Could you imagine if this was your Bengals in these situations, being up 10 in the Super Bowl or 25 and just letting it go? Oh, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. That's just sick. And I think he's having a little bit of deja vu. Like you, you go in the halftime with this big lead. And what does he do in the third quarter? He abandons the run, abandons the run. He's a pass happy coach. And I, I understand Purdy's having a good year, not like a super awesome, you know, great year. He's good. And he does a little bit better than average at times. And but to go away from CMC when he was really churning the rock, like he was running hard, catching out of the backfield. I think he led the team in receiving with eight catches, 80 yards. He led the league uh, team in rushing. He was all over the place. And even on that last drive there towards the end, he got them all the way down the field in overtime. And time and time again, it was Christian McCaffrey. How do you go away from that? I do not know. Yeah. Uh, a guy that was in the conversation for MVP, one offensive player of the year. But you're right. Why go away from the run when you have the league's most dynamic back and you have a lead? I think you have to stay disciplined, just commit to it, which was the Ravens' problem too. They panicked. Same deal here, but the 49ers had the lead. No reason to panic. But this is that Patrick Mahomes effect, man. Mm -hmm. He just – when you're if you're coaching against this guy – you know in the back of your mind that 10 points isn't enough, that you have to keep putting the pedal to the metal. And I think that's the philosophy with a lot of these coaches. It's not coaching to lose the game, but they're trying to coach to win. And sometimes that bites them in the butt. Yeah, you knew Patrick Mahomes was going to eventually get some points. They'll only have three points in the first half, and then things kind of turned around in the third quarter because of that punt return fumble, which... Man, talk about shooting yourselves in the foot. Seems like every team the Chiefs played this postseason seemed to do that, but just gifting them another seven points there. And back to Kyle Shanahan, how does George Kittle only have two catches for four yards? Yikes. Yeah, it's hard, though, to get all – it seemed like the game plan was definitely get CMC the ball out in space, which they did. They, they set him up even on that trick play in the first half that he scored the touchdown on. They were just trying to get him out in space. They were trying to get Debo involved too and a few running plays, design runs. 
Brandon Ayuk had a few catches, but it's we've seen this with the 49ers. It's hard to get the ball to all these playmakers. So still, you would have liked to have seen more design plays for Kittle. He's such a dynamic tight end for them, and they they didn't really seem to design much his way. Yeah, and then let's not forget about special teams, okay? Butker, he's been a highlight. He's like one of the best kickers in the league. He came out and got four field goals. So when the offense was struggling, he just kept hitting field goals. And on the other side, you had a rookie kicker who did make two impressive kicks, but the extra point that was missed came back to haunt. Yeah, and he so he kicked it low. That's what mm-hmm. you were watching your Nickelodeon broadcast, but I was watching the the grown up channel. And <laughs> during that broadcast, Jay Feely came on, who was an ex kicker for the Falcons and many other teams, and he uh, alluded that Moody kicked it low. I think mm-hmm. he kicked it off the top of his foot, so it was very easy to block. He kind of kicked it low and direct, and that's probably why it got blocked. But yeah, it's uh. It's a tough day for the 49ers. You know what, though, man? I was also thinking I didn't want to put the Chiefs on blast for anything since they are the Super Bowl champs, but for what were you thinking in the first half when Travis Kelsey just, like, straight up abused Andy Reid, like, physically abused him? What the heck was he thinking? That's that that could have been assault. <laughs> you know, you would have heard a lot more about this oh, if they yeah. lost the game. You would have heard oh, never yes. ending uh, stories about this. And it's not the first time because if you recall when they lost to the Raiders, Patrick Mahomes was all up in arms. So the headline could have been Cry Baby Chiefs lose the Super Bowl. But since they won, everything gets swept under the rug. Could you imagine going up to your boss at work? And having a heated moment and just shoving your boss into like the printer or copier and being like, you know, you you called that meeting the wrong way. <laughs> if anyone from work is listening to this, absolutely not, Nick. Never. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uncalled for. Shouldn't happen. Shame on him. Yeah. That's just Taylor Swift. Take notes. That You know, this is not a bad sign here. Not a good sign. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I, I don't know if... uh. Well, we don't want to get into that. No insinuations. Still, what were you thinking, Kyle Shanahan? What were you thinking, Travis Kelsey? But Antonino, let's move on to fourth and forever. It's time for a Hail Mary. And how could we not talk about Patrick Mahomes' clutchness and his resiliency at the end of this game? The Chiefs were down. He still found a way to bring them back on two very critical drives, one of which was under two minutes that helped them send the game to overtime. The second big drive was in overtime with all the pressure on him after the 49ers went right down the field, got that field goal to take the lead. He just, without uh, missing his step, went right back down and scored a touchdown to win it all. Let's talk about Mahomes. Let's talk about his legacy, his impact in this game, what this means for him outside of this game. Let, let me hear it from you. It's the it factor. It's the it factor. Some players don't feel the pressure like other quarterbacks. He went out there, and when I say the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes were on the brink in overtime, the last drive, it was fourth down and one. They were literally on the brink, one play away from losing the Super Bowl. We're talking a bad snap. We're talking about so many different factors. If one thing goes wrong on that play, they lose the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, They go out and they run an option for Patrick Mahomes. They literally put the season, the year, the Super Bowl in his hands with a play action, 
runs to the right, has the option to throw, has the option to run. He uses his legs. He gets the first down. So it's the it factor, keeping the ball in your playmaker's hands, and he time and time again comes in clutch. They, they, he just makes it look so easy. And I think we get so used to seeing it, it's hard to sometimes appreciate it, like taking a step back. And, you know, as a fan of a different team, I know if my team was in this situation, I don't see it working out the same way because, because they don't have this guy. It's it's He just makes it look so seamless. And it's – honestly, it's really cool to witness – but sometimes it's hard to appreciate greatness when it's right in front of you because they just – he's mechanical, man. He just makes all these things look so routine. But you touched on it with the pressure, the situation, the context. It's like he's not even phased. He's not thinking about that. He's just going out there trusting his training, his skills, his team, and he just executes time and time again. And I think the most important note here is is the receivers that he has. Like we said before, he doesn't have exactly a Pro Bowl lineup of receivers. Yeah. Um, he has Rice, the impressive rookie, but Kadarius Tony, he got straight up benched. So Andy Reid benched Kadarius yeah. Tony, and Pacheco got more of a, a ground game going. But he's doing it with players that prior to this year, you probably didn't even know who they were, to be honest. No, no. Well, I want to talk on his legacy, man. So this is now his third Super Bowl under his belt. Three-time Super Bowl MVP. So he does join Tom Brady, who's had five Super Bowl MVPs, and Joe Montana, who has also had three Super Bowl MVPs, as being the only players now in NFL history to have three or more Super Bowl MVPs under their belt. Where does this put him in, you know where I'm going with this, the GOAT conversation? I think we're not at the point of debating him and Brady. I think it's too premature, but he's definitely heading towards that kind of trajectory. And some some teams haven't even made the Super Bowl, let alone won the Super Bowl. And for him to come from Texas Tech, come in here, and just, it's it's remarkable. And he still has a solid 10 years left. If he's 28, 10 years, 38, 10 more years um, but competition every year is only going to get better. The quarterbacks in the AFC and around the NFL will keep getting better. So I don't know. The three-peat. We're projecting his career out if he continues to do what he's doing. For mm -hmm. sure. I mean, he's he's going to be right up there with Brady by when it's all said and done if he can continue doing what he's doing. But, man, I just wish the Cowboys had a guy like him. That's all I have to say. Is Dak Prescott? That's uh... – you, you got your hands full. <laughs> we'll have to have like more conversations about that in the off season, but all hope is not lost. Okay. I have good news for all the people listening. There is a knight in shining armor and his name is Joe Burrow. <laughs> like yeah. the only active quarterback to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, Joe Burrow. Thank you very much. Uh, well, we had to finish off season one of the first and 30 podcast with naming Joe Burrow one last time. It wouldn't be first and 30 without a Joe Burrow drop. So glad you could get that in there, Antonino. Yes. Well, man, let's wrap not only this episode up, but let's wrap this season of first and 30 up with a high moment here. We do want a quick drum roll to announce our contestant and winner 
of the free hat giveaway, Vivian Richards. <laughs> so Vivian compiled a total of 38 points over two weeks, which means Vivian was sharing posts left and right, liking things once they were populating on social media. So we do want to give a big thank you to Vivian, who will be awarded a lovely first and 30 beanie, not snowcat beanie, but beanie and hat for the extraordinary efforts. It's not too late for all of you listening, though. We're going to have more giveaways, perhaps in the off season, definitely leading up to the regular season. So you will have your chance to earn one of those fancy hats at some point here in the future. But let's give a round of applause for Vivian and her contributions with the first and 30 podcast thank you vivian yay vivian (laughs) now with that though we want to thank all of you for listening to the first inaugural season of first and 30 we hope that you've been enjoying the content but we have more for you in the off season so it doesn't stop here just because the football season's over doesn't mean that we're finished we have a lot of exciting content that we're looking forward to chatting about we have not only the draft and free agency Anthony, you know isn't there like another football league that's starting up here soon too that's right the ufl starting march 30th boys and girls get your football that's right so just because the nfl season's over doesn't mean that we're over so be on the lookout more episodes to come with that antonino we'll wrap it up thank you for joining us for another episode of First and 30, till next week. Remember, when your numbers call, no matter the odds, just, just go, go for it. it.